and welcome to Live Vedanta, a podcast where we explore simple living and high thinking. Each week, we join Vivek Gupta as he offers insights on bringing the divine into the daily. Vivekji has experienced much of what the world has to offer, whether it is attending an elite business school or traveling to almost 50 countries. However, tired with the inconsistent and incomplete peace associated with these pursuits, he decided to turn his journey within. Over the last decade, Vivekji has shared his observations on the signs of independent joy with communities across North America and beyond. In the practice of meditation, have you noticed your steps are not taking you forward? Do you feel stuck? Let's tune in to this next episode of the Meditation and Life series to Vivekji's guidance on how we can progress on this journey. Greetings from Niagara Falls. Our older son Vyasa has been listening to Shuka cry in his room more as we're trying to train Shuka to sleep more independently. So now he plays a game. He'll lie down on the couch and pretend to sleep, and then he'll fake cry and say, Amma. I'm crying, <laughs> or up, I woke up. And then we have to go over there and give him a baby bottle and change his diaper, and all of this is, is fake. And when I watch him play this game, I'm reminded of what Swami Tejo taught us. He said there's three types of sleepers. And here, sleeper means those who are relating to ignorance. I don't mean biological sleep. I mean metaphysical sleep. One type of person is sleeping, and so they're easy to wake up. They're ignorant, knowledge is given, and they wake up. The second type of sleeper is pretending to sleep. They're not ignorant, they are knowledgeable, and they're pretending to be with the people so they don't need to be woken up. That's you, yes? <laughs> and the third type is the one who thinks they're awake. <laughs> so even when knowledge comes in, <laughs> they're still sleeping. <laughs> now how this relates to us is, there are three types of contemplators. One type of contemplator does not know how to contemplate. So they purify their mind and then they do know how to contemplate. The second, they already have a pure mind. They're already contemplators and they're with us to guide us, to support us. And the third thinks that they are a contemplator, yet have not purified their mind. And so what they do is actually engage in 
relaxation for the body, naturalization for the breath, and that's all. A contemplator is not one who does contemplation. This is not an activity or a verb. A contemplator is one who's ever contemplating. It's who they are. It doesn't matter what activity or what verb they're engaged in. There is always a sifting of the relative and the absolute. A sifting of pleasure, possession, position, and peace. And since they know there's a difference, they always hold on to the higher and let go of the lower. I pray this far into our course, this far into our lives, that we are contemplators. We are not those who think they're awake and engage in an activity. In our last class, in our last chapter, we came to understand and appreciate faith. When knowledge is the basis for faith, you start to feel a different reality. As I was thinking about this discourse, I was thinking about how, and this chapter, how abstract and esoteric this must sound to the one who's unprepared. And for the one who's unprepared, then you have to keep on lowering this and you have to keep on adding humor and making this practical. Then the whole teaching is lost. That whole reality is ignored. With faith, you know there is a relative reality and there is an absolute reality. And we partially know that now that we're all at home. And this has been more than a month now. I'm sure there are times when you're lacking energy and la lacking enthusiasm and you become moody. Yes, you have a camera in our homes. <laughs> I have a camera in your minds. <laughs> Forget about your homes. <laughs> And when you're in that mood, you just keep brooding and brooding. Why did this person say this? Why didn't they do that? I'm doing so much. How come I can't leave? But throughout that moodiness, you know you're being moody, right? You know the reality that you're living in in that moment is not real. Yes. And as soon as that mood goes away, you'll come back to your responsibilities or your relationships. Yes. See how we partially do that. Now we have to keep on extending that, extrapolating that to all that we experience. And I shared one way to do this is to be careful with the changing. The more you know there's a changing, the more you know there's a change less. In our Applied Gita course, I shared the exact same message. Once you come to understand and appreciate there is Maya, there has to be Maya Pati. 
That's it. Once you know, there is this relativity, then there has to be an absolute and you can sift more. To ensure we know the seriousness of this word changing, I want you to start to think of it not as changing, but temporary. So your body is not changing. Your body is temporary. It's much more serious then, correct? Your relationships are not changing. Your relationships are temporary. Your whole individuality is temporary. And the more you know that, the more you're freed from that. It is, this is quite serious, but leads to absolute joy. Chapter 36, Consistent Effort. By a show of hands, how many of you would identify yourself as someone who has the quality of consistency? Okay. In life, in almost all fields, we tend to take one step back for two steps forward. Yes? When your car is stuck in the snow, you push it back for it to go forward. In athletics, if you have to jump over something, you step back, you move forward. Even in relationships, often when there's a conflict in a relationship and the vision is on resolution, that relationship becomes stronger, no? One step back for two steps forward. In your evolution, if you feel you've taken a step back and you're unable to take two steps forward, in other words, you're stuck, how did that happen? What has been the cause for this stagnation? The reason is we're still owning instead of observing. We're still owning the articles, even though we know these are temporary, but at a subtle level, we still own all of these articles. And some may be thinking, no, okay. What about your own body? When you're sick, don't you say, you're sick, my body? When you're not sick, it's very easy to say, I'm not this body, correct? But when you are sick, then it's much harder, no? That subtlety is, that subtlety challenges us. With beings, it's quite different to theoretically have a loved one pass away, or you pass away, than this actually manifesting, yes? And so the message is, observe. Observe the articles, circumstances, beings. The more you observe this, the more you're able to engage in viveka, which is that discrimination, yes? That separation. Because as long as you are less observant, you will keep finding excuses for why you're not evolving. How come 
I don't have that level of chitta shuddhi where I'm always patient, always cheerful. How come I can't rebound as fast as I want to be when I succumb to negativity? And you find excuses, yes. Excuses like, it's just the time that we're in right now. It's Kali Yuga. Or that's my prarabdha. We do this and it's holding us back. This is an inhibition. In our Vedanta and Bhagavata class, I had asked everyone to enact all of these seventh skanda in seven minutes, and zero people did it. To inhibit it. That's why. If I told you to sing for me for seven minutes, already people have been emailing me, can we sing for gratitude for the Guru? But we're inhibited in certain ways, and that shows that we still own our individuality, no? Our pride. Continuing with this line of thought. There are a lot of subtle behaviors we engage in. So subtle that only when we're paying attention fully, only when we're focusing do we catch these that we have to unlearn. And this demands us moving away from a gross lifestyle. Eat, drink, sleep, repeat. Eat, drink, sleep, repeat. That type of gross lifestyle, we will always be stuck. We have to unlearn this. Understand and appreciate to be a contemplator, to be enlightened, is Bhishma. Tell me in the chat room, what does Bhishma mean? Old awesome warrior. <laughs> Vishnu Sahasranama. What does it mean? Terrible, extreme. So enlightenment is terrible, yes? <laughs> enlightenment is the X Games. <laughs> Bhishma means intense. See, this chapter is called Consistent Efforts. Intense. Once you start this journey from Jiva to Brahma, there is no stopping. We're looking for that pause. We're looking for that respite. Why can't I just sleep in? Why do I have to do japa today? Meditation in life, why is this course two years? <laughs> this could have been finished in two months. <laughs> and we're looking for a reward. We are so oriented towards reciprocity, recognition, appreciation. In our case, it's reward. When you put in a lot of effort, you should be rewarded for that, correct? And Bhagavan's not going to reward you. <laughs> so you create your own reward. From sattva down to rajas, isn't it? The reward is sattva, but we always make our reward rajas. More sense pleasure etc, etc. Bhishma. 
those who are unconscious, in other words, are living more grossly rather than subtly, are more distracted rather than focused, their stamina starts to leak. There's a crack in your system. And this is not a gush. This is a slow bleed. It's much harder to recuperate. I'll share a personal uh, orientation towards what I shared today, and then we'll take on some questions. When I was in high school, I found high school to be generally easy. High school is easy to succeed, to be on the basketball team and soccer team and valedictorian. It wasn't hard. When I went to business school, I found this to be more challenging. There was more people who were capable. It was harder to be successful. It was harder to be exceptional. But it was still possible. When I went to the ashram, everyone was working hard and smart. Everyone was capable. Everyone was Bhishma. And being in such an environment, being in such company, helped me to understand and appreciate once you start, there is no stopping. As you start, there is no reward. In high school, the rewards came easy. In business school, the rewards still came. And both of those ended for me. High school's finished. Business school's finished. The ashram logistically is finished. But that ashram bhava is not finished. Understood? None of you put your names as Bhishma. <laughs> See, that's your problem. <laughs> you chose the wrong name. <laughs> If you enjoyed what you heard or want to learn more, share this episode with a friend or find us online at facebook.com slash cmniagara. For those on the journey of self-development, Chinmaya Mission Niagara provides a community forum for seekers to listen, reflect, and contemplate. This podcast is produced by the Young Adults of Chinmaya Mission, an international nonprofit working to transform individuals through the knowledge of Vedanta. Until next time, inspire, love, be.